Good morning. Welcome to worship this morning at uh, Sydney United Methodist Church and those joining us online for the Dunlow Sydney United Methodist Church online uh, services. Happy Father's Day to every all the fathers out there. And if you are able, please join in singing the hymn of joy, He Touched Me, found on page number 504 in your hymnal. Please stand here. Psalm 42, if you would like to follow along in the Pew Bibles, it's found in the Old Testament on page 484. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul pants for My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me all day long, Where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord drags his love. At night his song is with me. I pray to God my life. I say to God my rock, why have you forgotten me? 
Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony, and my bones saying to me all day long, Where is God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Please be seated. Turn to the back of the bulletin for the announcements. Thursday, the 23rd, the 6 p.m. Uh, pastors meeting with a couple to be married on October. Sunday through Thursday, July 24th through the 28th, Vacation Bible School. There's a sign-up sheet to help on the back table. And if you would like to register any uh, children, please let Colleen, myself, or the pastor know, or call the number on the sign out front. Or register online. That would be most effective for us. This, the Annex Garage is open if you'd like to donate any items for the flea market, which will be the first Saturday in August. Are there any other announcements? If there are none, since there are none, and we have no children this morning, please stand if you're able and join in singing the hymn of, insur of assurance through it all, found at number to your attention now because we're going to be in green now until the Sunday before, around the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Green is the color of new vegetation. It symbolizes the hope of new life, which is ours in the life of Jesus Christ. The color green is used for all other time period called ordinary time, not marked by a specific festival or season. There's nothing that, uh, uh, like Pentecost or Easter or Christmas Eve, nothing, no special days take place between now and the Sunday before Thanksgiving in the church, in the church calendar. Now let's move on. The first observance of Father's Day actually took place in Fairmont, West Virginia on July 5th, 1908. 
It was organized by Mrs. Grace Golden Clayton, who wanted to celebrate 210 fathers who had been lost in the mining disaster several months earlier. The woman who came up with Mother's Day was not a mother, and the woman who came up with the, was, uh, Father's Day was not a father, of course. Unfortunately, the day was overshadowed by other events in the city. West Virginia did not officially register the holiday, and it was not celebrated again. All the credit for Father's Day went to Sonora Dodd from Spokane, who invented independently her own celebration of Father's Day just two years later. A bill to accord national recognition of the holiday was introduced in Congress in 1913. Congress resisted, feeling that it would become, of all things, commercialized. The U.S. President Calvin Cooley recommended in 1924 that the day be observed by the nation, but stopped short of issuing a national proclamation. In 1957, Maine Senator Margaret Chase Smith wrote a proposal accusing Congress of ignoring fathers for 40 years. In 1966, President Lyndon B. Johnson issued the first presidential proclamation honoring fathers. Six years later, the day was made a permanent national holiday when President Richard Nixon signed it into law in 1972. Three old men went to the doctor for a memory test. The doctor asked the first old man, what is one plus one? He said 274. The doctor asked the second question of the, the same question of the second man, what is one plus one? Tuesday, he said. The doctor tried the third man. What's one plus one? Oh, that's great. Oh, the guy said two. The third man said two. That's great, said the doctor. How did you get that? Simply, the third man said, I subtracted 274 from Tuesday. And the last bit on, uh, on Father's, Father's Day, this is from James Dobson. James Dobson uh, had a radio TV program and a radio program, uh, all had to do, I forget the name of it, it had something to do with the family. He always had, uh, he was on weekly and then every day on the radio program. And he came up with this. Uh, the, the way a boy sees his father is largely a product of the things his mother says and the way she feels. Hmm? The way a boy sees his father is largely a product of the things his mother says and the way she feels. I find those very important, important words to, uh, uh, to share. Do we, uh, let's see, uh, oh, we got something else we have to tell you too or show you. This was, was made for me uh, at the Beaverdale Library, the Beaverdale Library, uh, by, uh, it's here somewhere, by uh, Sue. She used to be the former tax collector for whatever district we're in, I don't know. And uh, guess what this is called, except Lori can't answer. It's just not a pillow in the liturgical a lectionary, it's called a kneel upon. In other words, a pillow. And it, it's, got a, it's got a strap on it. She, was, she must have been there when she heard me complaining, because that's what I always do. 
uh, about the uh, how hard the floor the floor is. So she made that kneel upon for me, and she put a, a strap on so I could carry it around from church to church, or carry it home, or sleep, uh, you know, whatever. So I'm going to uh, uh, use it today. Now uh, let's 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 start this. See if we have any, if there's anybody who'd like to have additional prayer, please come on up and and kneel at the altar or stand at the altar. If you don't want to stand, you can sit in the uh, uh, front uh, uh, front pew, that one or uh, this one. I'll I'll leave it up to uh, up, up to you. So let us enter into our atmosphere of prayer, and we'll raise our voices up to God Almighty. God our Father, in your wisdom and love you made all things. Bless these men of our lives that they may be strengthened as Christian fathers. Let the example of their faith and love shine forth. Granted we, their sons and daughters, may honor them always with a spirit of profound respect. Grant this through Christ our Lord. Amen. We offer prayers for the law enforcement the military, especially Second Lieutenant Carl Smith, and health workers. We pray for the leaders of our country and community. And of course, we pray for the well-being and safety of our youth. We pray for the good health and well-being of members of this congregation, their family, friends, and neighbors. We offer prayers for Ed and Kathy for their well-being and better health. And we pray for a four-year-old boy who may need brain surgery but it could do more damage than good. So the parents are afraid of what to do. We pray for the decision that they are facing. We pray for Matt and Taylor and Sydney who are heading at the end of the week, heading down to Honduras for their uh, a, a mission, mission trip. We ask that the, the Holy Spirit be with them, protect them on their way, and, uh, and let the people that they are helping down in Honduras realize that the Holy Spirit is working, working through there. And we, be, we offer a silent prayer for a member of our congregation. And we pray for those uh, people who find themselves traveling this weekend, especially the, the uh, uh, daughter and, and, and father who are going back to, uh, to New Jersey. New Jersey. We offer blessings for those who made all the pierogies for the South Fork Heritage Day and for those who volunteered to do it in their, to volunteer in their sale. It was a good experience. We offer prayers for Damien. Now, dear Lord, if there was any prayers that uh, names that had come to the people's attention while we were praying, let them say those names now out loud. Dear Lord, we also would like to take this time to thank uh, the lady, Sue, who made this kneel upon uh, for me to make it a little more comfortable when I kneel down to pray to you. Now let us bring our prayer time to a close by praying together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. There's even a Zippers so I could take the cover off of the padding and wash it. Like that'll ever happen. <laughs> It'll be years before I get to uh, uh, get that. I'm only kneeling upon it 50, 50, 50 some times a year, that's all, certainly. And my pants aren't dirty. <laughs> so that, you know, that should be, that should take care of itself. Well, how about if we have uh, our uh, ushers to come forward for the presentation of God's tithes, our gifts, and offerings. Our gracious God, we come before you today, this third Sunday in the month of June, to sing our hymns and the praises and, and, and to hear your word, and also to offer these tithes, these gifts, and these offerings to you to help with the running of your church here in Sidman and with spreading your word throughout the area, which we do every Sunday with our uh, uh, streaming. We thank you for this, dear Lord, and we pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, Master, Teacher, and Friend. Amen. You may be seated. So, our reading for today is from the Old Testament. 1 Kings, chapter 19. Verses 1 through 14. This is taken from, uh, this is the most popular, since 2018 I started recording this. This, this phrase, this uh, scripture reading has been used a half a dozen times in the upper room, our daily bread, or Oswald Chambers. Uh, more so than any of the other ones that I've that I've read, so that's why I picked it for uh, uh, to read 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 today. So it's verse one. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, 
and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled forty days and forty nights. Oh, the forty comes in again. Until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very jealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face, 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 and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Words to live by, the words of God. Thanks be to God. From the Old Testament. I don't do the Old Testament as, as uh, uh, often. And, and this is a... Uh, uh, well, I'll tell you when I get there. When you run away from your troubles, God will find you and then provide what's needed for you to overcome the troubles you are facing. God will provide you with the solutions needed to overcome your troubles. You need to listen for God's directions and then you will be able to face your troubles and overcome them. Your only role is to obey, my favorite word, God's instructions, and then see that they are carried out. Now, before you go about answering and starting God's plan, you will need rest. 
You will need rest so you can have the strength and endurance to carry out God's plan. God can be found in rest. Getting the rest you need will enable you to answer God's call at the time he calls. As soon as you get up from your rest, you are to obey. Make sure you get a good night's sleep before you, uh, before you leave. So you can, if God calls you, well, he's calling you to go down there. But uh, uh, how are you flying? By who? United. United. Oh, okay. All right. We'll, we'll be praying for him. Let's pray for him at the end, starting Thursday night there, they board. Right? We leave here Thursday at midnight. We board at 6 a.m. D.C. Oh, you got to drive to D.C. to get the plane to go to uh, Honduras? I won't, I won't say I don't know. There was another lady from another church who took a vacation who went to Honduras too. I think there's something fishy going on with Honduras. Now we have a mission trip to Honduras. Okay? Next thing, one of the other churches will say, oh, I'm taking a vacation to Honduras. Mm, yeah, okay. And I've already heard that one of them will stop one year. Her luggage, I mean, the luggage was, was checked. I could go into it deeper, but I won't. I won't. You need to look to what you do in your daily, ordinary things in life to find God. We're not supposed to wait for spectacular events to take place. We're supposed to look for them in the everyday, ordinary things that we do in life. You need to look for God in the small things that surrounds you in your everyday life. Small things. Conversations you have with, uh, with people. That might only last uh, a minute or two or something like that. Sometimes if you listen closely to what the person is saying to you, you might hear God's word come to you. Now, they may not know that they're speaking God's words. That's the way he works. But you may say, oh, I, I, I know what that person's talking about. He's speaking words of God to me. I've had that happen to me many times. The angel in this passage didn't give Elijah a vision or explain the scriptures to him or do anything remarkable. He simply told Elijah to do a very ordinary thing. Get up and eat. And speaking of ordinary things, uh, you're being held for some time in July uh, when you're not visiting you-know-who uh, to do a children's message since we had no kids today. Okay? You're not off the hook yet. You need to look for God and listen for God in the conversations you have with others. Because that person could be speaking, for, speaking from God's point of view without that person who is speaking knowing that they're doing that. That's highly possible. You need to learn to keep your eyes widely open so that you may have the opportunity to see God in his many unexpected ways. Notice I, I tried to do it more so in this one than in other ones. I'm, I'm not using the language of law by saying uh, you, 
You must learn to keep your eyes. That's speaking in the language of the law. You need to learn. That's speaking more in language of love. You need to learn. There's a difference between need and must. We need, right down here, I've written, you should be prepared. That's, that, that's law talk. You need to be prepared for God to come to you at the wrong times and in the wrong places. That's his job. And he does it quite well. Quite well. Be alert, because God will come to you in what you may consider to be the most unlikely places at the most unlikely times. He's not going to come to us when, when we're the, the happiest, when we're in the best mood, when we're in the best situation. He's going to come to us. He could come to us when we're down and we're not in, well, it's, you know, I'm not in such a, a good situation here, uh, whatever it may be. Uh, he may come to you then. One does not know these things. You have to be prepared for them. Be on alert and on guard for his presence to show up unannounced and unexpectedly when he is least expected. Oh, I don't expect God to show up while I'm, uh, while, while I'm out cleaning the uh, manure out of the barn. What a smelly job that is. Well, guess what? Guess who might show up? He might not help and has a clothespin on his nose. He's not going to help, but he may show up and give you some ad advice there or tell you, hey, you missed the load over there, you know. Always have yourself prepared for these experiences. You can't, you can't say, excuse me, God, I'm not prepared for this. Can you come back later? Maybe at 2 o'clock today, okay? I'm free at 2. Would you come back then? He doesn't work that way. When the Spirit of God comes to you, he does not give you glorious visions, but he tells us to do the most ordinary things possible. I try to start thinking that way when I make my bed. Oh, I'm not making my, I'm, you know, God is with me while I'm making my bed. Because we all make beds, don't we? Yes, I don't see many heads shake. Am I the only one that makes a bed? I'm the only one that makes a bed. Oh my goodness, geez. I thought I was, you know. Now this, this, this part it came to me, I was supposed to read it on November, this is, was God ordained. I was supposed to read it on November the 16th in, the, in 2020. And I don't know why, but I read it on the 19th. And two things happened that day that I read on the 19th instead of on the 16th. And it gave me, it gave me a, a approval of the path that I was following. Until you reach the maturity level where God wants you to be, his heavenly angels will come to you to help you on your way in this life. At that time, I was, I was fighting my, my uh, compulsion to uh, follow Abba. I'd been following Abba since September, two months. 
and I brought it up for all pastor meetings. I went to two pastor meetings. I went to a course of study and uh, where we had a group of five of us all on Zoom. And, uh, and we had to, to say something that we were going through. So I told everybody, and they, they all said, why, why are you doing it? And I told them, and they said, if it, makes, if, it, if it does that to you, then follow it. Nobody disagreed with me, nobody else, and, and I kept trying to find people who would disagree with me, but nobody in the ministry would, uh, would uh, uh, disagree with me. And I talked to maybe 10 or 12 people, and they all said, go for it. So anybody who knows me knows I went for it. Uh, I'm, try I'm trying to get the uh, people who are going to London in uh, July to, uh, they're in London. Who else is in London? ABBA! Live, well they're not live, the live band and ABBA's uh, avatars on stage. They look real. They look like the, the people they did in 1979 except Ignetta, they didn't get her face, her face right, because I'm a big fan of hers. I followed her career from, got interested in her career since the 19th of November. And this helped, helped me get through the situation I was going through, because I knew then that I was going to be moved. I didn't know where, I just knew that I'd asked to be moved two months prior to this, and I knew that I was going to be moved. So once you are where God wants you to be, you then must listen for the voice of God. His voice will come to you and be heard in the quietness of your lives and your surroundings. That's why I told you from the very beginning, besides being sent out here to shepherd three congregations, I was sent out here for a personal reason. What that is, I'm, I'm not sure yet. He hasn't told me. But I'm certainly in quiet, that quiet in Dunlow. Nothing happens in Dunlow. <laughs> a motorcycle goes through town. Everybody comes out and watches the motorcycle because that's the only activity that's going, that's going on in Dunlow. Moving van, you know, might, might go through. You go out, I go out on the back porch and watch the moving van gone, gone by because that's all that's, uh, that, that's out there. Why I was sent here, I don't know. But I'm glad I was sent here. I'm enjoying my, my time here. Uh, uh, and, but, but he hasn't uh, uh, talked to me uh, yet, but he is he's coming, coming to me. And I am uh, attentive, because you will need to be attentive and listen for the soft voice of God. Just like in today's scripture, reading about Elijah, God's voice will come to you and be heard in the quietness of our lives and our surroundings. I know God has all the people that I come in contact with, with here in Beaverdale and, and Dunlow, have been very, very nice, nice to me. I feel very uh, welcomed here, out in the middle of nowhere. But Sidman is somewhere, you know. We, we got a Sheets, we got a uh, subway, we got a bank. We ain't got nothing in Dunlow, <laughs> except the fire department. And I'm two blocks from that, so when the whistle goes off, the, the, the house shakes when the whistle goes off. It's, it's, that, it's that loud. And the, uh, a club down at the bottom of the hill. I'm not going to mention the name, but there's a club down at the bottom of the hill. I told the people from Dunlow, I said, you know, there's nothing going on in here. I might have to start going to that club. 
We just need to, no matter how much you fret and worry, things will eventually get done. No matter how much you fret and worry, things will eventually get done. All we need to do is to be patient. Patience. We all pray for patience, but we want it now. That's not patience. In your spiritual journey, you need to look for, listen to, and obey God. Your one and only duty is to obey God. That's all. Then you will find that your spiritual maturity has matured. And then you will find that you have entered a higher plane of life. A higher plane of life. I'm thinking of a plane, you know, up there. They're going to reach a higher plane as of 6 o'clock Thursday morning. Jeez, you have to leave here at midnight. Oh, my goodness. The psalmist said in Psalm 37, 7, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Let us pray. If we could leave one thing behind, let it hold the quiet promise of better days to come. And you should thank God endlessly for the way he made you see. It's not the destination, it's the journey. Amen. Let us now stand and sing our hymn of gratitude. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah. Number 51 in the hymnal. Please stand.
May you use this day to honor those men in your lives that have been there when you needed them, provided for your needs, and helped make you who you are today. Go out and celebrate this Father's Day with joy in your hearts. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and all God's people loudly said, Amen. Very good.